If you need to borrow dice when your 20th level magic user casts Fireball, then you might be playing it wrong. And welcome to episode 10, season 2 of Playing It Wrong. I'm your humble host with my live studio audience of two dogs, one of which went to the vet today for her annual shots. The other one had a puppy spa day and got trimmed and groomed and smells all nice and has a bandana and all that stuff. And now they're laying. One's like, I'm cool. The other one's going like, why did you let them poke and prod me? So what is up in this little short episode? Well, it's yeah, a little bit of a rehash, maybe. It's something I think I said before, but it's about the most exciting campaign ever. That's right. What's the most exciting campaign? Well, stay tuned and find out. Also, we're going to be starting on Volume 2 of the Little Brown Books, Monsters and Treasures, our first entry into that book. And we've got a good old call-in from Tim Shorts. And that's one thing. I really need to start calling into other people's shows more. I'm sorry, guys and gals. I just... Life's too exciting sometimes. But anyway, here's Tim. Hey, Chuck. Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor here. Just listened to your episode about waffle heads. I love that term. I really, really do. And dealing with troublesome and annoying players. I'm with you about just leaving because there's a lot of, you know, big movement about talking to people. That's fine. I mean, if that's what you want to do, do it. I don't want to do that. If you're annoying, I don't want to keep going back to someone annoying and hoping they'll get it. I don't want to waste my time on that. I do that too much in my day job. I just want to get together with friends, be completely inappropriate, throw my ones, and enjoy my game. I don't want to have to go sit down and do counseling. So, great episode, Chuck. Keep it rolling, bud. You are correct, sir. Yeah, your DM should not be your therapist. And did I actually use the word waffle heads? Which goes to show I'm not really writing the script when I do this crap. I just say what's on top of my head. But yeah, it's life's, you know, it's much like the internet. Life is too short to argue with idiots. And like I said, if someone's really annoying and a jerk in-game, they're probably a jerk out of game too. But anyway, uh, thank you for calling in. Like I said before your little call in there, I need to start calling in more to other folks' shows who I'm enjoying. I know. I've I've been really disorganized this year so far. I still have to do my taxes. I still have to uh, do a bunch of other little errands and get a couple products done. Yay! But crossing fingers on that. It's going to be a busy weekend this weekend. And which is well, kind of why I didn't do this on Sunday. Because let's talk about the most exciting campaign ever. And for me, the most exciting campaign ever is always the next one. I get like this, even though I've in the middle of a game I enjoy. Whoa! Stuff just fell down. Hang on. I don't know. Maybe there's a poltergeist in the house or something. I don't know. Just a bunch of stuff slid off the wife's desk. Who? If you think mine's disorganized, even though I haven't sent pictures of it, well, it is. But she's worse. But don't tell her that, okay? Shh. I'll get in trouble. All right. Anyway, most exciting campaign ever is, of course, the next one because that's when I get all excited, get all new ideas, and. Just get all giddy like it's almost the first time. Even though, like I said, I'm in the middle of a campaign that I'm enjoying. Like I said before, in case you've been paying attention, Ryan Labyrinth Lord, they're still in Keep on the Borderlands. They're going to start on a little homebrew dungeon that I threw in there as a quest. And there's a couple other quests in there. And they still only got through part of the Caves of Chaos. So we're going to see what happens on all that. But the, the whole thing is to run them through some classic modules. 
when they're starting keeping the borderlands i'm not sure what's going to be the middling ones but i know the last one is they're going to go through the real tomb of horrors and you know they can have their you know order their t-shirts online i survived the tomb of horrors but most of them probably won't but it's tomb of horrors anyway the next campaign what is the next campaign because I already started thinking about this, which is one of the reasons I didn't record an episode on Sunday, because I was knee-deep reading rules. What was I reading? I was reading Supers games, because I thought, wow, I have not ran a Supers game in, like, forever. I mean, we're talking a long, long, long time. I played Mutants and Masterminds. I played Wild Talents. I played and ran Champions, and that was the last time it was Champions, and it was, what, 2nd Edition Champions, I think? And they're on, what, 6th or 7th now? So that is how long it's been since I've messed with the superhero game. And let's see, I what was I reading? I was reading Supers, the Revised Edition, and something called Paragons and Prowlers, which is very similar in lots of mechanics, and I grabbed the Guardians. It's sort of a white box hack on superheroes based on uh, Glenn Halstom's review. And I think I had icons on my desktop somewhere, in that, the massive PDFs. And I was looking at those, thinking, 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 thinking. And uh, it was a whim. That's probably not going to happen. Because, for me anyway, the biggest problem you get into with superhero games is you've got to have the big buy-in from the players. Not sure if my players were willing to do that because you got to buy into the whole superhero genre and not the murder hobo genre because it just don't work. I suppose it could, but you know, maybe a uh, Vigilante City, which I also read, which I backed the Kickstarter way back when, got my PDF, and I guess was a couple months. We're going to get the hardcover is going to come out or the hard copy, I should say. So that might might that one might work for them. Considering it'd be really good if you want a party of Batman, Deadpool, and the Punisher. That's not saying anything bad about the game. It's just the way I see it working really... Working as it was... That's the best way it'll work. Okay, I know that was... That was probably a really bad cut there because my brain just, like, shorted out. But bear with me. I'm going to go through a lot of games here. Now, there's two others I've been thinking about a lot. One is RuneQuest, because I did a review on that a while ago. I grabbed it up. I was kind of a fan of the old RuneQuest. And you can go back in the podcast and look at my quick review on that is. And, you know, basically, um, put it in a nutshell, a bit disappointed because you get a 400-page book that doesn't have all the stuff that the 100-page old book had in it. So, eh, there's updates and some mechanics and stuff. But there's RuneQuest as something different, a Bronze Age type thing. I think I've been looking at Swihander. I haven't decided what on Swihander. Maybe uh, something co- more to its core. And then I thought, well, you know, it's a percentile system, so it's a bit like RuneQuest. So maybe bash Swihander into a grim and perilous Bronze Age adventure. You know, sort of like Troy or the 300, something like that. It's a possibility. You know, so it's going to take some house ruling, which I love house ruling. So, and hey, there's going to be some house rules. The other one, of course, is just going back to 5e, doing 5e again. Salt Marsh is coming out. <sighs> I don't know, I felt kind of burned by Tomb of Annihilation when they said it was, it's like the Tomb of Horrors, but upgraded. No, it really wasn't. It just, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Not that fond. Watsy has not done some really, really good adventures. Uh, I thought Out of the Abyss was good, but uh, it was the best one, I think. 
who just when I went through it had a crappy DM, but that's beside the point. So 5e, 5e is a possibility. What else is a possibility? Well, it's going to be a few months, so I should have my physical copies of DCC Lankmar. Go back to Lankmar. Go back to DCC. That'd be fun. But, you know, it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep that to the side. I'm going to keep that to the side for now. I've got one campaign that has been nagging in the back of my head for years, which I still have not put pen to paper to, other than, well, just writing down the idea. And that's for Savage Worlds. Combining th three of their setting books. Well, of one. Okay, theirs and third party setting books. Hey, hey, I'm not doing this on the regular day, so when my schedule gets off, I get all wonky in the head. Anyway, combining Pirates of the Spanish Main, Solomon Kane, yeah, those fit together, and Realms of Cthulhu. So, Pirates versus Cthulhu. Could be fun. And speaking of fun. Another Kickstarter that's moving right along, Tegel Manor. So, yeah, I backed it for the Swords and Wizardry. And how come I know that there's a chance that I might end up running that for 5e? I don't know. But I'm going to push for Swords and Wizardry for the, for the group if, if I run it. But I made a little comment on MeWe. A few people went, hmm, that might be interesting. I've taken Tegel Manor, combining Frog Gods the Blight, and good old Glyn Seals the Midderlands, and just sort of kit bashing those three together into a real interesting, gothic, gloomy, weird-type fantasy thing, because I think that vibe would work real together. There'd be some synchronicity between those three that could make things really, really interesting. And finally, in the uh, bout of uh, things that have been bouncing around in my mind is a return to New Bay City. Now, you have to go way back in the blog archives for New Bay City, because the first time I ran it was with World of Darkness. Then I ran it with the Dresden Files RPG. I think you're getting the vibe of what New Bay City is, and I kind of wanted to run it again. And the second campaign was really good. I have none of those players around, so I can take that second campaign and throw that at them, which would be pretty fun. It was fun the first time. But I don't want to do it with World of Darkness, and I don't want to do it with Fate. Which leaves me in a conundrum of what to do it with. My first inclination was Savage Worlds again. I've got Savage Worlds, I've got East Texas University, which fits well. Matter of fact, I use some of the adventures from East Texas University in my Dresden Files game. Because, well, New Bay City is in East Texas. It's sort of this mythological city between Houston and New Orleans with a lot of the f feel of both kind of crammed together along with a little bit of San Francisco because there's a equivalent of Alcatraz called Harker Island that used to be a, a prison in an asylum. And there's a boardwalk like on Lost Boys. I, did li I just pulled from all over the place and put it in East Texas and f folks had fun with it. But like I said, my first inclination was uh, Savage Worlds. Because like I said, I got the horror, I got fantasy, I've got East Texas University, got the fantasy companion. So between all of those, I can kitbash all the stuff I need out. Of course, old school publishing, Diogo Nogueira. I'm going to say his name wrong again. I always say his name wrong, and I always get the names of his games mixed up. But he just started a Kickstarter today. And that's for Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. Now, it's a little more mortal monster. Mo 
And see, when I, when, I, when I go improv like this, you get like tongue-twisted garbage like that. More for mortal hunters rather than throwing in lots of everybody's a vampire and werewolf type thing. But it's doable, I think. I know previously when he was working on it, he, he released some plain text versions, which I grabbed because I've backed his other projects. And his, you know, the uh, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. I have played the crap out of Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, and I'm working on that setting for that. We're in the final stage of editing, so hopefully that will be out in a couple of weeks. Please. I just got to get that off my head. There's already a compatibility license for Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. Last check on Dark Streets and Darker Secrets. The Kickstarter has passed its first stretch goal, which includes, guess what, a compatibility license. Yes, and a GM screen. I know. I'm one of those little publishers. A lot of times, I'm not that great at writing a whole game, but I can throw some neat stuff on them. Okay, that's a little, little humble brag there, but hey. So I've got this little teaser in the back of my head for... Uh, yeah, Returning to New Bay City, returning to a gritty, non-emo, uh, uh, urban fantasy type setting that, <laughs> it was pretty fun. There was lots of, lots of surprises in that one. So I know that was a long rant about different game systems and stuff, but that's, that hopefully explains to you why I get so excited about the next campaign, because it's... Even it's like New Bay City, I'm returning to an old campaign setting. It gets those creative juices flowing and gets new ideas. And sometimes those new ideas will get retconned into the current campaign if you're doing a similar one before. Yeah, I do that, okay? I'll, and it lets me like, hey, neat idea, I'll steal this. Of course, one of my problems is that the time between starting it and getting to play it with all everything else that comes along well, sometimes a new shiny object comes along and I get distracted. It happens, you know. It's like the other night watching the Orville. I just thought, hmm. Oh, yeah, the Mephidia Star Trek uh, game kind of sucks. The quick start gives me a headache. Got the old FASA game. And there's a plenty of D20 variants, like Prime Directive, that could work. Hmm. That's a possibility. But, yeah, it was, like, fun, but uh, whatever. And this is also why I suggest everyone, when you're going around your day job and your daily lives, always carry that notebook with you because you will get the strangest ideas at the strangest of times. And that is my little bit of wisdom for the day. And speaking of wisdom, let us move on to the readings from the Little Brown Books, the original edition D&D. And this episode, we have finally moved away from Volume 1, Men and Magic, and moved into Volume 2, Monsters and Treasure. Like I did last week, I did warn you that this one's probably going to go a lot faster because it's a monster book. It didn't have that much rules in it. So let us begin. So where am I going to start this time? This time I'm going to start on the inside front cover. And on the inside front cover here, there's something that a lot of people nowadays have no idea what it is. And that is the infamous self-addressed stamped envelope. Because if you have a question regarding the rules, you need to send a self-addressed stamped envelope to tactical studies rules with the address, which is no... I could read it. It's not good anymore, but read it for the question. And someone will open an envelope, answer your question, put the answer in an envelope, and snail mail it back to you. That's the way things happened before the Internet. 
All right, on to the meat of it. We got title page, we got index, which is only two, four, six entries, which is the monster and reference table, the monster description, magic maps determination table, explanations of magic items, magic item saving throws, and treasure. That's not a very good index. But let's go to the interesting part, is the monster reference table. Note, this still has the percent in liar. Yes, that was an old typo that became a running joke a long time ago. However, what's interesting here, let's go to that first, uh, the um, number appearing. That's where things are going to get interesting. Because the number appearing is a referee's option, increase or decrease according to the party concerned. Used primarily for outdoor encounters. Okay, so, depending on how nice your DM is, I'm not going to go down all the stats because well, it's got uh, armor class, moving inches, hit dice, percent and liar, type or amount of treasure. Then we start off the list with men, with a number of appearing of 30 to 300. Would be an interesting random encounter. More interesting, if you run into goblins or kobolds, that would be 40 to 400. Orcs would be 30 to 300. Hobgoblins and gnolls, 20 to 200. These encounters are not balanced for your convenience. The first level party goes like, yeah, there's a group of orcs there. How many? More than you can count. Charge in! Okay, it's 200 frickin' orcs. Well, I think it was that many. Yeah, it's that many. Ogres, 3 to 18. Still would mess up a low-level party. Or 2 to 12 trolls. Can you imagine that? 2 to 12 trolls? 1 to 8 giants. 3 to 30 skeletons or zombies. 2 to 24 ghouls. If that party ain't full of elves, they ain't walking away from that. 2 to 24 whites. Somebody's getting their strength drained. 1 to 12 mummies. Guess what? <laughs> Somebody's getting mummy wrapped. 1 to 8 specters. And here's how. If you want to take a high-level party and like do a low-level adventure... Send one to six vampires after him. That will end that part. One to eight cockatrice, one to six basilis, one to four medusas, one to four more. I screwed that up. One to four gorgons. Yeah, unless you want some statuary, there you go. A five to twelve-headed hydra. And we're going down. Let's 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 keep going. Oh, let's skip down to things that are interesting. Big numbers like uh, two to twenty gargoyles. How about two to twenty lycanthropes? If they ain't got silver, it's a TPK. One to four purple worms. Okay, one purple worm is bad enough. God, what would happen if they had four? Um, one to 100 pixies. That's going to end badly. 400 gnomes, 400 dwar dwarves, or 300 elves. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Um, one to 20 rocks. What would you do with 20 rocks? Uh, one elemental, genie, black pudding. But there is no entry for how many dragons show up, because it's always going to be one. But let's see. Let's. I want to see what is the biggest thing in hit dice here that has a big number. One black pudding, ten hit dice. Let's go back. Let's go back. Back, 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 back. Let's have vampires, 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 vampires. Where are they? There they are. A hit die, 7 to 9, 1 to 6, 7 to hit 9 vampires. That would be 
Uh, oh, I did. There's dragons. Uh, one to four. One to four dragons. That would be ugly, especially if they don't like each other. So yeah, that is the, the monster chart. How many things you could potentially be facing at one time. Um, I am not going to start on the monsters yet. I'm going to save that for next week, okay? So, you know the drill. Visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. Visit us on Facebook at theymightbegazebos. Find us there. We're in other corners of the internet as well, but you've got to find us. We're not hiding. We just want to challenge you a little bit. So, till then, roll dice. Kill monsters. Take their stuff. Have fun. Oh, and level up. Ha ha. I added something extra in there. Once again, thanks for listening, folks.